Hi, today's session is about Peloton. Peloton is a company known for its bikes, treadmills, indoor rowers, which are generally fitted with a touch screens that allows live stream and on-demand fitness through a subscription service. The equipment includes built-in sensors that track metrics such as power output, providing users with a real-time feedback on their performance and leaderboard, ranking to compete with other users. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Peeling the Product. Today we have a special guest, Sam Panini, um, who's joining us from sunny San Diego, California, um, which is also where Rupu is from, where he's based. Um, and then Yogesh is in New Jersey and I'm in Colorado. Um, today's topic is Peloton. So that's the product we're gonna peel. Um, let's go ahead and start with a, a quick overview. Um, anyone want to kind of share what they have seen about Peloton in the news or what they know about Peloton from any research they've done? Sure. Peloton is a company which was launched in 2012. It was launched on Kickstart. It was very well received, got a crowdfunding, and it was launched to to motivate the people who are staying at home and so that they can perform the various workout using the stationary bikes, treadmills, and rowers. The beauty of this these products were that they were attached with the, the touch screens and which these touch screens allowed the user to interact, but also they could join the live streams as well as they can join the pre-programmed, pre-recorded programs. And these pre-recorded programs allow the user to perform their activities at any time of the day. As a company, Peloton has seen a significant growth in 2019, 2020, in one of the quarters, the, the, the revenue of the one quarter of Peloton was almost around $870 million. In the recent time, as a company, Peloton has seen a significant decline in their sales as well as in decline in their subscription. And there are multiple factors which are, co which are causing this decline. There is a bombardment of the computer companies in the stationary bike, treadmills, and the rover section, which are providing a similar kind of product, but very inexpensive compared to Peloton. Even their subscription model is comparatively inexpensive compared to Peloton. Apart from these factors, the other factors which has affected Peloton as, and their image is a couple of bad advertisements, and then the safety measures and the risk which are associated with their product, which has been identified in the recent times. And there has been a significant recall um, of the bikes. And at this point, the users are waiting for months to get back their, their bikes or the, uh, to get these bikes recalled and they can be fixed as soon as possible. 
I will. So part of the reason I was interested in, the, in this topic was because I'm a customer and user uh, of Peloton weekly. Um, and I think we got ours, uh, I want to say the late end of 2021 or 2020. I can't remember exactly. Um, but w- even after it was first set up, my my initial observations as a user was, and especially from a product perspective, was there wasn't anything super unique about the actual product itself in the sense it's basically a stationary bike with a giant iPad Pro in front of it that happens to have connect to the internet. And so in terms of um, the value prop, uh, its moat wasn't necessarily the physical product itself. Uh, the moat was the community and being able to kind of replicate or emulate the uh, the concept of a in-person uh, class, a spinning class that you have that you would physically go to in order to kind of have that experience in your in your room, in your own in your own home or apartment. Um, and so the physical product itself depend has lots of dependencies and and even speaking earlier about recalls product the the actual ma- the fit and finish of the product itself is hugely important so manufacturing quality it's a physical product um and then you're putting this product into people's homes there's danger there's there can be children running around there's been cases of um fatalities involving children getting on bikes and I've had to tell my own kids to get off um and so there's liabilities involved in that um and and the idea of um, putting, you know, augmenting the, your home gym setup and your personal fitness kind of workout, um, but connecting it to via a digital community in a, in a, um, in a network space it, it, and kind of be having a first mover advantage. And I didn't, I didn't even realize that it was that old of a company, almost 10 years old. Um, I think that's what gave it the moat and where they had a lot of investors, investor attention and marketing dollars spent on aware, brand awareness. I think it was December 2019 or so where they had this huge push during the NFL playoffs um, of having a woman being gifted a Christmas present, which happened to be a Peloton. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of helped the brand kind of be uh, more present in just people's awareness of, of the product itself. Um, and so it, even it, it took a couple years after that for us to get ours. Um, but I think that it was, it had it, it has a really interesting story in terms of the ecosystem, but the product itself is literally just a stationary bike with a giant iPad Pro in front of it. Um, so it's it's super as a user and from a product perspective, it's it's I think it's super interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, w- I would echo that that you know their their marketing approach has been really unique. Um, I happen to have met the the husband of their CMO, uh, who was uh, used to be a gal named Dara or Dara Tresseter, and she was the CMO kind of during their their major growth period. I think they you know they benefited a lot from the timing of everyone being at home and kind of needing to and wanting to work out at home. Exactly, um, and and they really kind of capitalized on that to create that brand awareness you're talking about and and expanded, which I think. Ultimately, if if you look around, you know, some people's assessment is that the reason they've sort of taken a nosedive a little bit is because they kind of got over their skis. They got out over their skis in terms of like their 
expanding their logistics and expanding their product line, you know, to the point where it was too expensive and there wasn't enough revenue coming in for those new products to support the new, the business model costs. Um, but yeah, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that more. I mean, what do you guys think, you know, led to this dip? There, there were also some, it, it felt like there was a streak of bad news. Um, the, there was the one infamous commercial where the, the lady in the commercial, people were saying that it looked like she was held hostage. Exactly. Then, then there was the, you know, where they, the Peloton appeared in a few TV shows and people in the TV show died of cardiac arrest right. while using the Peloton. And so that gave them some bad press. They still have just this giant amount of name recognition where if you search, you know, uh, there's a lot of information out there about like Peloton alternatives and there are plenty of them, but Peloton has, you know, kind of that first mover advantage of name recognition. Sure. From my perspective, Peloton is a trendsetter in the segment of stationary bikes, rowers, and treadmills. The user persona which Peloton targeted above the user who were not willing to go out or not willing to go out to the gym to perform the different activities or to do workout. They were looking for encouragement or motivation which they required to perform workouts and they got this this motivation or encouragement or incentive in the form of this touch screen which allowed them to do workout within the walls of their apartment and houses where they not only can join these pre-recorded classes but can also watch the different soap operas and shows and thus we witnessed a rise and wide acceptance of these products of Peloton among all age groups, especially in the big towns and big cities. But for me, what uh, the question that you have asked me, like why it's dipping down? And one thing which I think Sam you hit in the beginning is that what is your unique proposition? Because if you if you think about like four years back uh, or five years back, there was no competition or hardly any competition. Gradually during a pandemic, that's what we've seen that Nordic, Athlon, and all this brand came up. Pricing wise, they are they are inexpensive by thousand dollars or eight hundred dollars minimum. So they are uh, and their subscription is, is cheaper too. So now the question from the user perspective is that how do I distinguish? Like, or what is the difference between me uh Peloton as versus Nordic? Because they are also giving the subscription, they're also giving me spin class, they're also giving me strength class. So how do I differentiate right now? And now I'm no more Ferrari. I'm I'm a, maybe an, just another car right now in the market. So that that brand value sense has gone down over the period of time. That's the first thing. There's no unique proposition, which which was the first thing which was appealing for the people which who came on the board first time. And so what they have failed to do from my perspective as a product manager is they they, they haven't evolved themselves. They haven't thought about the out of box that what else we can do now because this is a big sector health is a big sector and fitness is a big sector so what can they would have done differently that's a big question and we can discuss about what they could have done differently but they haven't tried to evolve themselves and would people who don't evolve they they're bound to fail from my perspective yeah i think the evolution has just been slow so the concept of having a lot of um, your your customers, your subscribing customers, 
being at home during the pandemic was a was helpful. Um, but being a holistic health oriented solution for people who are already at home, they're working from home. The actual software itself that's on the app, as far as I can tell, is completely closed from little due diligence that I've done. Um, and in order for a, a user to connect the on-bike experience, for in this case, the bike specifically, they have treadmills and rowers, et cetera, mm -hmm. but the bike experience specifically, if hypothetically you as a user want to use the bike, you're biking at a very slow pace and also take part in a call for work, your solution is essentially to hack together your phone or iPad and put it in front of the Peloton screen and kind of use them in tandem at the same time, which isn't like a sanctioned you know, use of it and probably void some sort of warranty because you're doing two things at the same time. And most of their issues are with are legal and claims related and people hurting themselves. So one, from a product perspective, I think that um, opening up the architecture of the software, the platform itself. So to integrate with say Zoom or Teams or Google Meet or any kind of teleconferencing service. So when people, for certain types of calls, you know, people can have, uh, can multitask in the sense of if you're on a walking treadmill and you're having, and you're or taking a walk around your, your neighborhood on a conference call, why couldn't you just be on a bike, a stationary bike while you're having that same call, killing two birds with one stone, one stone, so to speak. Um, that's not, that's not even possible right now. That's not within the realm of their product offering. Um, but from terms of like a more holistic offering, they've just now, and I think in the last maybe two or three weeks, the last month or so, announced this Peloton for Business initiative, which is essentially selling the product subscription into enterprise as a kind of health offering for companies to offer employees as a benefit to say, we instead of us subsidizing your gym subscription, we'll subsidize your Peloton at home and kind of meet your wellness needs via your in-home gym that is your Peloton as opposed to paying for a gym subscription. So I think that they, they were slow in one integration with just meeting your customers where they are and what they're doing while they're on the bike and multitasking, doing more than one thing. And then instead of, instead of going to being a just B2C offering, being a B2B2C offering, those are two things that I think that they're, they've been kind of slow in evolving the product. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I comment on kind of the price arbitrage that's happening between because the gym gym memberships typically you know there's quite a range but typically you know 30 50 sometimes 70 dollars a month whereas the app subscription i think is like 13 bucks a month for peloton so aside from that one-time cost of the bike it's relatively you know affordable for a company to cover that right um and it can you know it's it's modern it's hip you know the brand recognition again plays in their favor that hey we have this cool benefit that you know, sets us Health, apart as an healthier employee. employees um, result in lower insurance premiums on the back end. Um, and so in terms of the, from a business perspective, financial perspective, 
having employees engaged on the on the bike itself while they're having a, a team call, say, to, you know, for the for the purpose of the discussion. Um, but then, you know, they're elevating their heart rate, they're burning calories, they're they're generally being healthier, they're moving around, which helps with creativity, um, can help with brainstorming. And, you know, from a financial perspective, can, you know, like I said, result in reduced insurance premiums for, for your entire employee base that chooses to opt into it. I think the the challenges are really more around like terms of service and liability. Most of Peloton's issues have been around the legal end, have been around supply chain in terms of replacement. The reason all those 20,000 customers pause their subscription was because they were waiting for replacement parts. Mm-hmm. And so if, if they can't use it, then why do they want to pay for it? Um, or the bike just breaks for some reason. So product quality is, is incredibly important. And then the um, ensuring that your users aren't hurting themselves or children are hurting themselves with the device while it's in the in. But it's mostly product quality and legal questions are kind of the challenges for the, for the product, I think. But that's uh, they're, they're addressable um, if, be either via you know better education or paperwork in terms of you know documentation that covers use cases and pr- and protects from downsides. So from my perspective, where Peloton has failed in the last two years, that we didn't go big on B2B marketing. They did collaborated with a handful of big brands to promote their product during COVID, but overall they couldn't able to increase the hype and awareness among big names. Also, the the moment where it was declared that COVID is, global pandemic is over, they did not try to evolve and fail to develop some critical partnerships. For example, they could have collaborated with the big gym chains or they could have opened up their own brick and mortar shops across the US. You gave a great idea about the Zoom right now, but I was thinking about like a lot of the gamers also. So you can collaborate with the different gamers and while yeah. playing those games, you can bike. And now you can utilize both things, gaming and biking at the same time. But I think that's, that's the, that is the out of box thinking that they have, they have forgotten to do, do that for some reason. I agree. I'd like to tie it back with what Sam and, and uh, Yogesh were saying to like the Marty Kagan framework of the, the four big risks and just risk in general, right? Planning right. for risks and, you know, usability, feasibility, um, uh, value and, and viability, right? I think mm-hmm. a lot of what Sam's highlighting is in that viability category, right? Like, are we going to be able to support this? You know, when, when things break, how are we going to fix it? seems like some of that wasn't super well thought out and they were kind of riding that wave of of the pandemic growth and and maybe got a little too ambitious got or eyes got too big and and just started you know they branched out i i saw like they branched out into apparel they branched out into like you could buy all sorts of equipment in addition to like the rower and and um uh the treadmill you know so it was it felt like it was too much too soon or too fast um, but I, what would you, what would you guys do now to, we've talked about a few of these things, but what, what else would you do to kind of reinvent if you were a product manager at Peloton, what would you do to kind of turn things around? It sounds like some of that may already be in progress, but what other things would you explore and experiment with? Same. I think, I think the idea of that Yogesh mentioned about partnering with Jim, because I know, for example, that. You know, when you're when you're dialed into uh, a Peloton class, 
that has people in person, they're usually in say like London or New York. So there are physical Peloton sites hmm. where users can go to participate in an in-person class. There's not a lot of them, but there's some few in probably in, you know, high density urban areas. Um, and I wonder if it, it makes sense to partner with either existing spin chains, like say uh, spin cycle or other F45 or some other uh, more widely distributed franchise mm -hmm. that has physical space mm -hmm. um, to lend, give them some sort of cachet or some revenue, revenue share model um, for having uh, Peloton subscribers go into that physical space to partake, partake in a Peloton class in person. Um, and then they can use the other facilities or the, the other user facilities for other purposes. Um, and, it, and it goes into kind of the idea of like your users are, are health, health oriented, they're active. Um, they may, they're the, as the world slowly opened back up, you know, follow your users to where if they're going to, if they're not using the Peloton at home and they're going back into a gym or some other place, take, take the brand with them to that place. Um, and just can, can expand the ecosystem, not necessarily in brand and apparel, but brand in physical space and, and where you're going and where the where your users are going, essentially, or will be going. Yeah, I think that's super important. I mean, you look at some of the statistics, just a basic Google search, right? Some studies show that just 28% of Americans are actually exercising um, on regularly, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's... But they define that as you know three three times a week, but so that's that's not a huge segment. Uh, now, if they're they're doing international, right? So it's a little different. I also can't help but wonder, like the whole idea of branching out into gyms. It's just a very different business model. Like at their core, the way they started was mostly as a software company with one piece of hardware. Right, and so one like, expensive piece of hardware. <laughs> right, right, and so getting into like a retail gym type business model probably would have diluted their margins, right? Like, I don't know if investors sure. would have looked at on that favorably. Now, if it was a separate division, maybe it still could have been, you know, passable and justifiable, but I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Partnering, basically. So so that's where yeah. you see exactly. So, so sometime when you don't want to take a risk of opening up your own franchises, you partner with it. I mean, right now I can think about multiple places where they could they could have partnered or they can still partner. Like think about if they can partner with a company like ClassPass. Just think about it now. So now you are allowing your people not only to go to one single gym, but multiple places. You can also partner with the amusement parks. I mean, you just have to think about the, the out of the box right now. What See, what can you do to bring that wow factor back for your mm -hmm. users. That's what I'm talking about. Like, okay, as a product manager, you're asking me that what should I do? And my first question is, wait a minute, uh, what, what do you want me to do? What is the company's focus? They want to focus on the retention, growth. Right now it's about retention, rebuilding the image, rebuilding the brand name, and what can they do to bring that back in the market? So a couple of things that you mentioned, Sam, is about the quality of the product. So I think that's that's a, a another great example that you need to showcase that okay, you have you have done a mistake, and not you're not the first company to do that. There are multiple companies in the past where their their parts have not been up to the mark, and they have come back strongly. And after six months or nine months, they've showcased that okay, our quality was not good, but we have improved our quality, and our customers are vouching for that. 
So do that. Are you working on that? Maybe they're working on it. So maybe they should showcase that, okay, we have improved our quality. We are back to the that quality that you're looking forward to. And at the same time, you should do something to wow, bring back that wow factor for your customers. And if you're not doing that, I mean, this B2B, B2C, I mean, all those things will not work in your favor because your core things was your, your main customers. And these people will be, you don't want just go to the, some big companies and say, hey, give this to your yeah, this discount to your your members or your employees no that won't work that won't work it hasn't worked for the big companies it hasn't worked for the, in the past it won't work again so you have to think all these different scenarios and think and then you have to think about how much you're spending on this marketing of all this and and how much you are doing revenue distribution with these partners with the class pass it won't be a big number i mean because even class pass is hunt uh, is hungry for that kind of revenue and they would be okay with some numbers. So if you go with the big names, yes, you will struggle. But the small companies, I will not say the class is a small name anymore. It's a billion dollar company now. But still, they are still relatively smaller than compared to the giants in the market. You just actually made me think of something, um, that an experience that I had as a user earlier on. Um, so, I mean, the, if you've ever watched a Tour de France, like the Peloton yep. is the group that is leading. And so the idea is that that is your class is that is the Peloton. It's that group. And so that's your core. That's mm -hmm. your core users is the people who are together in, in the class, taking the class together. And one thing as a user early on that I recognized was there was, I would try to organize groups of my own friends to get on Peloton at mm -hmm. the same time, say Sunday mornings for an hour. And the the software itself and i'm pretty i haven't tried it in a while so i don't know if it exists now but the ability to organize that in the app itself either on the mobile app itself or on the actual app that's in the device on the bike doesn't enable that collaboration doesn't enable either the scheduling the invitation you know let's set, let's all meet up even like chatting or putting on the video of everybody at the same time so we can talk to each other while we're in the same class together yep. it didn't allow that and so it kind of if we wanted to talk to each other we were you know on the bike messaging each other which itself is not good a good idea um but if we're if you're physically have cameras turned on you and you're able to talk to other users who are on their bikes all at the same time it kind of um advances the idea of peloton being a group taking the class at the same time, we're not physically in the same place, but we can, you know, we can coach or, you know, we can talk trash to each other at the same time, trying to encourage people to go fast. Like, or if you could see the other people that are in your cohort of your Peloton, whether they're slacking off, then you can help motivate them to, to move, go faster or, or do better. Um, and that kind of brings you back to the whole idea of what the whole, what the objective of the Peloton was in a biking sense is that you're supposed to be all be together doing that. Sam, you are bang on about community. One of the, the, the core that Peloton was bringing was community. And in the past 18 months, as people have started going out a lot, that community feeling started to fade away. But from my perspective, as a CEO of Peloton, of Peloton, what 
I would have done is that I would have gone back to that basic that I would have tried to bring back that community feeling among Peloton users. And that's where I feel that Peloton has failed. As a user, I not only like to get motivated, but I also like to motivate my friends and friends whom I whom I meet online as well as in whom I meet in person. And that is the whole idea of community that you encourage each other on the days where they are not feeling motivated and vice versa. And that was one of the USP of Peloton. It's good. Yeah. But then the, yeah, the, all the ingredients are there. Yep. They, yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I can't help but wonder if, if anyone at Peloton had that insight or if they were digging for that kind of insight. Me as a product manager, like I would kill for that kind of insight from a customer to like to know what they're expecting, what features or capabilities they're expecting to see that aren't there. And, and I, I, would, I know, you know me personally, I know me personally, year years ago, I was, you know, tagging Peloton with this really? kind of like suggestion saying like, why can't I do this? And I know other people were doing the same thing. So I don't know if they just didn't have their listening hat on mm-hmm. um, to mm-hmm. kind of gauge customer sentiment. Uh, I don't know the answer, but I know that I was personally trying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fight the good fight, right? Right. Well, um, as Andrew likes to say, we should probably start to land this plane. Um, what, what are, Rupu, you, you've been very quiet. I know you're not super familiar with this with this product. But uh, why don't you chime in with any of your thoughts as you've heard been listening to the discussion? I, I just have a question, right? So, like you know, obviously, uh, you know, everyone is talking about uh, the dip of like you know Peloton and how to grow the business back up, right? And I I couldn't help but think like you know what if like you know the growth that we're talking about what just because of COVID, right? What if, like, you know, it was a trend-based growth, a uh, 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 growth to begin with, and it really wasn't, uh, you know, a product or need-based growth, right? Uh, you know, um, yeah, and, and 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 what makes me ask that was I was just looking at the chart for Python and Joule. It's very similar, okay? <laughs> how the graph looks, okay? I kid you not, like if you guys go and see, you wouldn't know which one is June and which one is Python if like, you know, if, if, if nobody told you, right? So that really makes me think like, you know, hey, maybe maybe it was just an average product, right? Basically, was and, it a and, meme stock essentially? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not the meme stock, but, but even the product growth. Maybe it, it was COVID, right? The timing maybe, was key. Maybe it was the, yeah, maybe it was a timing that helped them with the growth and not necessarily... Um, the product itself. Yeah. I'd be interested to see. I'm curious if you add Tesla into that, how do Tesla and Zoom and and Piton all compare uh, track next to each other? They just kind of happen to blow up post-2020 and then deflated in 2021, 2022. Uh, and when the underlying fundamentals didn't really change. It was just what was going on in like in macro society, essentially. Let's throw GameStop in there for good measure. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, it, it really was. I mean, the, the economy, the macroeconomic trend of like, you know, being able to get all this funding, basically what people are calling free money, 
with that right. gravy train only lasted so long it's then it's you know hasn't hasn't been that way for a while because the product itself isn't super unique it's just a stationary bike with a, a giant ipad in front of it so what mm-hmm. else kind of drives that essentially yeah yeah okay um last question um let's see i don't have a good one <laughs> but we need another we need another question to end end on um okay let's let's get back to um we've kind of hit on this idea that that there there wasn't a whole lot of innovation happening and maybe they weren't listening to their customers as much they weren't thinking outside the box the creativity maybe wasn't there um what are some tips or tactics you've used in the past to try to spur that curiosity that creativity um that is needed to really develop and launch innovative products And this is not just Peloton. This is kind of more generic to any environment. I can go first. I, I kind of have one in mind. I personally really enjoy hackathons. Like um, it, it's hard to do them well, but when they're when they're executed well, when there's good support for it, when there's a good incentive placed and empowerment kind of around it, where there's give you know you give your employees space to participate. Um, I found them to be really fun. Um, you know, I've been on teams or hackathon teams that had a good mix of, of talent and strengths where they're very complimentary. And I found, you know, we were able to kind of divide up the work and, and bounce ideas off each other and, and kind of be scrappy and come up with something quick, but valuable, um, and, and deal with the constraints of, of time and, and no money to spend. And, you know, I think those can often result in in some pretty good ideas and some of them really should be executed on sam um i was going to say that to get kind of those creative juices flowing um either either utopian or dystopian science fiction you know try to imagine like what does this look like you know played out in some alternate reality uh where things are awful or great depending on the situation um and kind of look at look at things from a different angle um where you know either played out you know in, in the into the future um where you know you're 30 years older or your kids are in their 30s and 40s what would it what would it look if you fast forwarded this what how would this play out um and then kind of work your way backwards like if once you get to that insight like this is what this would my kid i can imagine my kids being 40 years old or grandparents and they would have xyz at their fingertips well what would we need to do in the next like three months to get closer to that kind of vision um to kind of make it more tactile or or you know more pragmatic and and connected to what we're the problem statement we're working on is zoom zoom forward into the future um just to kind of get the you know, creative juices flowing essentially. Nice. So, uh, so my idea is, is very similar to what uh, trend you were talking about. The only difference is that the hackathons are generally sometime a week long, sometime a day or two long in the in the companies. But I firmly believe if you can create a couple of teams and just say that, and let them know that you know what, 
you have three months come up with some all crazy kind of ideas we were putting you all different kind of people designers product managers web developers and what not and work together and come up with some six or seven crazy ideas forget about and, and don't care about like that you will be judged or your performance will be judged but do that and create a couple of teams like that not one team but a couple of teams and then bring them after three three months together in front of each other and then say you know what now we are here together tell us what you have done and why do you think this works and why this this doesn't work and and they should have some idea why are they going into the those rooms like sometime people when they don't have any clarity that what is expected of them they will come up with all kind of crazy idea but you should let them know in advance that we are expecting to grow our product we are expecting to grow in this direction or that direction give them some idea what they want to do otherwise they will be all over the place so you you need to as a leader of the company they need to some come up with some ideas that okay we want to grow in asia pacific we want to do xyz thing and then they will say okay now we can come up with some ideas otherwise they will be all over the place and that works really well because they have some guidance from the leadership and they know that we have a support of leadership right now and we can do anything possible without any hindrance and then when you have this kind of free mindset you will do all creative things without any hindrance and i have seen that the success is there when you when you go with that mindset fantastic yeah i love it i think you you do need some guardrails but but yeah having having kind of the freedom to explore a bunch of possibilities and then come together and present and kind of throw things against the wall see what sticks um, I think that's great. Well, um, thank you, Sam, for joining us. It was a pleasure. Any parting wisdom for us? Um, I, just, I think this is a great idea uh, to deconstruct uh, a product and kind of get different perspectives. Um, I really appreciate the the chance to come join. Our pleasure. Thank Thanks, you, Yogesh. Thank you. Thank you, Rupu. Yeah. All right. All right. Signing off. As Many always, if you have any feedback, please let us know in the comments or um, email us, let us use our contact form on our site, peelingtheproduct.com. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.